Welcome back, Basketball Nation. Andrew Cobian here from Hofstra University, bringing you episode 41 of Coaches and Coffee. Today's guest is a rising star in the coaching world, and I'm so thrilled to share his story. At this time, I proudly introduce Jonathan Mitchell, assistant men's basketball coach at Stetson University. Coach, how we doing? Andrew, good, man. First and foremost, I want to thank you for having me on here today. Um, it's a pleasure and honor to work with you, and I'm excited to share some knowledge to the coaching world and maybe help this one young coach coming up in the ranks. I'm excited to have you on too. I mean, New York guy, you were you were a huge name coming out of high school. I had an opportunity to play you guys with my high school team, and you were a class act then and a class act now. So I'm thrilled to uh, share your journey, Coach. Man, I appreciate it. Um, just excited to uh, be on this side now. You know, I had a great career. Been a, been a lot of great things, and um, now I'm just so excited to share the game with the next generation. Now, Coach, I want to start from the beginning. You leave high school, you head to Florida University, and you're part of that national championship squad as a freshman. Take me through how that was, your kind of welcome to college season, and you win a national championship. Yeah, I mean, um, I was fortunate enough to be a part of a great group and um, at Florida. Um, it was something I can never take away. We uh, we did something special, winning back-to-back national championships. I was on that second one my freshman year, and um, friends for life. And it was a huge experience to be with those guys. My welcome party was my first pickup game was with Joe Kim Noah, Al Horford, Corey Brewer, Torian Green, Chris Richards, all guys that got drafted in that 2008 NBA draft. Sounds like a high-level uh, pickup game, if you if you ask me. That's awesome. And then, Coach, you, you, you go on and finish your career at Rutgers, and you have a great career there. But what I'm so intrigued about is your boss, Coach Jones, who you're working for now, recruited you, if I'm not mistaken, to Florida, correct? That is correct. Um, I'm, fortunate, I'm fortunate enough to be around great people. And um, Coach Jones recruited me when I was 16 years old. And, you know, fast forward 17 years later, he gave me my first opportunity as a full-time coach on the road here at Stetson when he got hired. So we talk about relationships all the time and trust. He, he saw something in me when I was 16 years old that to this day, he, he saw those same values and, and, and those same qualities and put me on his staff. I think this is a great lesson for everyone. It's a great reminder for me personally, but for young guys too, to never burn a bridge. And sometimes, you know, with the transfer rate now, especially people can get a little hairy, you know, relationships can dwindle due to the transfer rate. I think it just shows what a class act coach Jones is and what a class act you are too, because I'm sure, you know, there were times where maybe he didn't feel like it was the best situation for you to transfer because you were his recruit, but now it all comes back tenfold and you're working for him. So I think that lesson is so valuable for everyone listening. I totally agree. I mean, you know, coming from Mount Vernon, you know, my head coach, Bob Semino always instilled everything in us. Um, and he always told us, you know, it's all about relationships. Never burn a bridge. You never know who can help you down the line. And I really paid attention to that and took heed of that because my situation, you know, it didn't work out at Florida. But after my freshman year, when we won that second championship, Coach Jones got his first head job at Marshall. So he so he left um, after my freshman year 
And, you know, I, I took a visit to Marshall when I was leaving Florida. But uh, I wanted to get closer to home, so I decided to go to Rutgers. But, you know, throughout the years, even when I played in Europe, I always stayed in contact with him through uh, Facebook. I always followed him at UCF. And when I was home in the summer, since I lived in Orlando, I would run into Coach Jones every now and again at a restaurant. And we would just sit and talk and talk about those Florida days. And he always told me, if you ever want to get into the business, let me know. I'll take care of you. And you hear those you hear those things all the time, but people don't follow through on those things. And Coach Jones, he's a stand-up guy, and he came through for me when I needed him. You know, you, another good point, a lot of lip service that happens in this business, a lot of promises made that aren't kept. And I just think that, you know, that just – excites me more about Coach Jones. Uh, a brother, a really good friend of mine, Lou Guzman, is with you down there. He speaks the world of uh, Coach Jones and yourself. So you guys got something special going down there. It's exciting. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we did some good things year one. Obviously, with the whole pandemic and, and COVID-19, put things on a halt. But um, we're just excited for the future. We're excited for our, our next season. And um, just an opportunity to go out there each and every day and to put our best foot forward and keep working on doing something that, that's never been done here at Sets. So we're excited for the future. The future is bright for us, Andrew. I'm glad we don't have you on the schedule. I'll tell you that. <laughs> now, we don't want to come up north right now anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Very true. We'll keep our more than a six feet social distance uh, for sure. No question. Now, Coach, after playing in Europe, at what point in your in your life did you say, I want to be a coach, this is something that I really want to pursue? Was it earlier in life when you were maybe still in high school, or did that develop over time? Um, that's a great question, Andrew. Um, I think it's something that I always wanted to do in the back of my mind, but, you know, it's one of those things, when are, when are you ever ready to stop playing, to, 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 to stop bouncing that ball? and um, Throughout my career in Europe, you know, I always started to think about that next phase. And, you know, when I was home in the summers up in Gainesville, I would always go to Larry Shire's coaching clinic in August. And it's a great way to connect and reconnect with coaches and to uh, just learn, you know, um, because early on, I didn't want to be a coach. Of course, if you grow up, you know, I want to be the next Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. I wanted to be an NBA. And um, so I didn't have that you know, coach's dream from day one. But as I got older and as I and I saw the European game a different way and studying film, I just got intrigued by it and wanting to help that next generation to just give them a slither of knowledge of something that I learned throughout my career. And um, I was just fortunate enough to get that opportunity. A yeah, funny story, I was um, home late July, getting ready to go back to Europe for year eight. And my good friend Maurice Spakes has an AAU team. And um, he was playing down in Orlando and told me to come to the game. So I said, yeah, man. You know, he was one of my groomsmen at my wedding. So really close friend of mine. So it was, you know, 11 o'clock game at night. I'm sitting at home like, man, I don't want to go. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I ended up going to the game and it just so happened to be a live period. And me being, up, me being off the loop for a few years, I didn't pay attention to those things until I parked and realized the gym is packed with college coaches. Wow. So I said, wow, this is a great opportunity for me to network and just for me to rekindle some relationships with coaches that might have recruited me out of high school or, you know, 
coaches that I might have played for. So I walk in the gym, I see all coaches that recruited me out of high school. And I just start at one end, work, work my way around the gym, and then I end up running into Coach Tom Crean in the corner. And um, for people that don't know, Marquette and Florida were my final two coming out of high school. Wow. So this is my first this is my first time seeing Coach Crean in, you know, ten plus years. So he just got the Georgia job. He's still trying to figure out his style. We just get to talking. And um, I said, hey, coach, if, if you know anyone looking for a grad assistant or an entry-level position, take my take my number and um, hopefully pass that my information. And then his wheels started turning. And next thing you know, he called me that next morning and offered me a graduate assistant position at the University of Georgia. Get out of here. So, How about that? So my career just, boom. At the drop of a hat, I was retired. I was enrolling in uh, grad school. And I had to get up to Athens, Georgia in 10 days. Wow. So I guess that's my story of how I got into coaching. You know, Coach, it's crazy how, and this is a corny line, but it's very true. Like, things happen, things come when you least expect it. And meanwhile, you were probably uh, minutes away from bailing on going and watching this AAU game and helping out and seeing your buddies, and it ended up changing your life. Yeah, I mean, it really did. And, um, you know, to this day, I, I still thank Maurice for inviting me and, you know, uh, telling me to come to that game because if not, I would probably still be playing in Europe right now or trying to figure it out, you know, three years later. And now I'm turning 33 in August. That's such a blessing, man. Now, Coach, a lot of people just like yourself, you know, I've had a time in my career where I ended up having to serve as a graduate assistant. You did as well. How did that time at Georgia – high-level program, high-level coach, you know, been around forever, uh, super successful, prep you for this opportunity at Stetson? Um, you know what? Tom Crean does a great job of having his GAs involved in every aspect of a program. So, mind you, I just got done playing, so I didn't know about film. I didn't know about sports code, synergy. I didn't know all the hours that you need to spend in the office you know, when, when you're not when you're not on the floor, so that was a huge adjustment for me. But um, like I said, Coach Cream was great at molding us. You know, it was it was long hours, it was a grind, but I learned every aspect as far as recruiting, budget, graphics, film, you know, scheduling, just everything that I could be a part of. I would just sit in Coach Amir Abdul Rahim's office and, and, and listen to him on the phone. Speaking of recruits, Chad Dollar, Joe Scott and his philosophy. Um, I was just always just one of those sponges. You know, I just always wanted to learn. I just always had a notebook in my hand, always taking notes. And um, I think it prepped and prepared me after just one short year as a graduate assistant, being a full-time assistant coach for Donnie at Stetson. And you bring up so many good points like, I don't care what level you're coaching at. This goes for all of our listeners out there. You know, if you're a volunteer, if you're a part-time assistant manager, graduate assistant, if you're going to be involved in college basketball, it's a full-time job. And, you know, that's something you learned. That's something we all learned. I remember I was volunteering at a Division II school, and I lived at that place. And it just shows if you treat it like a full-time job, too, you're already built for it when you get that opportunity. And I think that it shows that you're a – voracious learner 
just by the fact that you were taking notes for something as simple as a phone call conversation with a recruit. And I think that's why you are where you are today in such a short period of time. Oh, 100%. You know, I don't believe in uh, skipping steps, but I just got lucky and I skipped that video coordinator, the ops, you know, that ops job or that administrative role or that support staff role. And I just think it was because, you know, at Georgia, I put in a lot of work and, um, and you, and you know, being a, being a GA or working as a manager, it's a selfish position. You know, nothing is beneath you. And, you know, me just coming off of being a pro, those things were difficult at first because I'm like, man, why are we still staying in here this late or why are we doing this? <laughs> but now, now being an assistant, I get it. And, um, I know, I know all of those things, all of those hours we put in, all, all of those times in the gym working, working guys out paid off. And um, I'm just so fortunate that Coach Green saw something in me and gave me an opportunity to, to be a part of his program. And I know they'll do great things there next year at Georgia. Now, Coach, I know that we talked about what your time at Georgia did to prepare you for this opportunity. But was there any adjustment or was there anything that, you know, kind of threw you off track just a bit when you first uh, walked into that full time assistant coaching role? Oh man, everything, you know, because now, because now it's like taking the training wheels off, you know, you're on your own. Um, you, you have to build a relationship with these coaches, with these programs. You have to, you know, get these scouting services. You have to watch film. You have to evaluate, you know, um, as a player, you know, I can always tell who can play basketball, but now I'm evaluating kids on what Donnie likes and what our program needs. So, it was just a huge adjustment, and Coach Jones is a is a great teacher. He's a great leader, and um, he was with me on the road a lot my first year. You know, him and I traveled a lot just so he, he can point out things or just introduce me to people or just connections and relationships that, that I need to help him be successful. I think it's great, too, because he's investing in you. Of course, he wants to see his assistant coaches do well, but he's literally with you showing you, grooming you, and preparing you. He's a high-level guy. You know, he's been at Florida as an assistant, so he knows the ins and outs of that high major, and he's also coached at the mid-major level too. So, again, like, I think that's great. And for guys like us, it's like getting your doctrine in basketball. It's like going back to school again. It's like, you know, relearning things that you thought were important, but now you're doing it in more more in-depth. Yes, I mean you hit the nail on the head there. It's um it's a huge it's a huge um, opportunity to be with Coach Jones and our head assistant is Brendan Sir. Oh man, which everyone knows him. Legend coaching you, legend. Um, you know, thirty five plus years in the NBA, two world championships with the Bad Boys, and um, <laughs> he's a basketball junkie. You know, he lives he lives and breathes basketball. So just for me to be around him every day learning the X's and O's, learning situational, um, just learning management, clock management, time management. He, he's teaching me and grooming me to be a head coach. And, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to buy the coaching you subscription. I get, I'm lucky enough to get it all for free right now. Seriously, man, I'm jealous. I don't know how you and Lou get any work done. I'd be picking his brain all day. <laughs> oh, man, we, we sure do when, when we're in the office. But the, the, the great thing about coach service his favorite line is, it doesn't matter what I know if you don't know it. So 
Tim and Tim and Donnie are great teachers. They are great, great guys to learn from. And then me being a first year coach, I couldn't ask for a better situation. That's awesome, man. I like I said, just from hearing from Lou and now speaking with you, it's exciting stuff. And it's good to see the good guys like you get opportunities and be surrounded by good people. You hear so many of these horror stories and you hope you never end up in a situation, especially young in your career where, you know, you're working for a guy who might not have the same values as you. It just makes it that much more, you know, enticing and and powerful to work for someone that you see on a moral standpoint eye to eye. Oh, I, I totally agree. I mean, we're we're a family here at Stetson, you know, um, and it's and it's and it's so great and it's so rewarding just to serve someone like Coach Jones and just to just to play an integral part in the success he he's going to have here at Stetson and the, and the success that we had here year one. Now, Coach, I'm super excited about this this final uh, portion of the podcast. I have six questions here. Uh, it's not rocket scientists like we said via text, man. This is this is the most uh, intellectual questions I could come up with, so just bear with me. All righty. <laughs> what is a habit or hobby you do that most people may not know about yourself? Um, that's a great question, Andrew. Um, I would say a, a habit or hobby I actually picked up more so during the quarantine, during the pandemic, is running. Um, you know, as a player, you know, I was always in great shape. You know, just being on the floor all day and lifting and conditioning. So now being a full-time assistant, you don't get those opportunities every day, you know. So I would say running and listening to podcasts. Okay, um, great. I, I took a huge following on listening to podcasts while I run instead of listening to music, you know. And um, I think it's just sharpening my tools. Just um, I'm stealing notes and ideas from other great coaches. And I'm just logging, logging things and hopefully – one day when when um when I am a head coach, I can just go back to, to these notes and just find one thing that can help me and help my program. And another uh, hobby that people might not know is uh I like washing cars, man. Really? I got I got in I got into washing my own cars, you know, as much as I can, you know. So I would I would say those are those are things people might be shocked and unaware of that, that I like to do. It's crazy because my father does that too. He'll spend two hours on a car, and I think it's like therapy for him. So whenever he's got the uh, the holes and he's got the sponge out there, we try to keep our distance because that's his time. That's his kind of just escape. So I could definitely, uh, I could definitely. It's funny you bring that up. See that? It is, man. It's therapeutic, you know. And, and, and you just have your time to be so detailed and to, to get everything just the way you want it, you know, for those two hours. That's awesome, man. Now, are you a big reader? If so, name a book that has had the most impact on your life. Again, you know, becoming a coach and being at GA, I started picking up books and reading because I wanted to learn. You know, I wanted to be a better coach. I wanted to be a better uh, teammate. You know, I wanted to be a better father, husband. So a few books that I've read along the way that I think are impactful and that I, I try to live by are, Phil Jackson, 11 Rings, and the last season. Because uh, I was a huge Kobe Bryant fan, huge Michael Jordan fan growing up, and you know, Phil coached those guys, and I just wanted to get his philosophy and his zen. And um, I think, you know, some of those things can translate to me as a coach because I'm not a big yellow screamer. You know, I'm intense. I demand. 
but just like Coach Jones, you know, we're not yellow, yellers or screamers. You know, we we love tough. So I I think Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson's books are great, and um, a book I just read during the pandemic, Extreme Ownership. Oh, it's a great one. Through um, great one. So I just you know, any any little tidbit, any little quote phrase that I can put in my back pocket and use in my arsenal to help my guys to help my program, I'm all for it. Now, working for two high-level coaches, high-level people, what's the best – and playing for one, too, with your coach at Mount Vernon, what's the best career advice you've gotten? It's plain and simple. Be where your feet are. You know, especially as a young coach, you know, you want to – you're thinking about that next job or that next that next opportunity. But what I learned is be where your feet are. Do your best every day where you are, and those things will eventually come. Now, this could kind of go hand-in-hand hand with our next question, Coach, but if you had one quote to live by, what would it be? Another great question, man. You, you got my wheels turning today. <laughs> good, good. I'm um, excited. A quote that I would live by, I would say, do one to others as you would have them do one to you. Love it. And it's to the point, and if you live your life by by that simple statement, you're going to be very successful and very peaceful, too. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Now, what's the biggest obstacle you've had to come overcome basketball-wise and even coaching-wise, and what did you learn from it? The biggest obstacle, I think, was, you know, when I transferred from Florida to Rutgers, and it was, it was, it was hard, you know, because I used, this, I used this saying, I was at the penthouse. Florida, mm-hmm. you know, coming off a national championship, coming off a huge success, being with the Hall of Fame coach and Billy Donovan, and um, transferring to Rutgers to where, you know, we, we were rebuilding. We were still trying to find our identity. You know, we were trying to put we were trying to put Rutgers back on the map. And um, me, me going there, being a part of it, coming from a, a such a high power program in Florida, it was it was a huge adjustment. It was a culture shock. And um, I just think my will and my determination and some of the things that I learned and took from Florida helped catapult us at Rutgers to be a part of that foundation to where you see them now, they're rolling there in the big Ten. They really are. Coach Pikelow there is doing great things. He's a friend of mine, and I'm sure you're excited to see the success they're having. Yes, I just can't wait for them to make an NCAA tournament. That will be awesome. Hey, I think they would have got it this year, but, you know, as uh, Mother Nature and the, the world we are in right now called upon us, we uh, got that bad boy canceled. So they're close. So if they weren't yeah. making it this year, they're very close. Yes. Now our final question, Coach. What advice would you give to your younger self? Oof. Man, that's, that's tough, man. Um, the advice I would give to my younger self would be work hard, believe in yourself, or no one else will, and build relationships. Because you never know what recommendation, what phone call can help catapult you in your career and help you and your family get get to where you want to go. And you lived it. You really did live it. You worked hard as a player. You believed in your abilities and yourself when you went over to Rutgers and helped build that program from the ground up. And your relationship building with Coach Jones got you an opportunity of a lifetime. So if anyone 
out there is listening and say, yeah, that's that's fun to say and all. You know, Coach Mitchell over here has done it, and it's possible, so. It really is, man. Just um, just put your head down and grind. You know, control what you can control. That's what I learned a long time. You can't – a great quote from uh, Mike Rice, my, my coach at Rutgers, my, my fifth year, was um, he used to always say, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond. And I try to live by that every day. So true because we live in a world, especially now, where so many things are getting thrown at you and and really testing your will to succeed. And you're always getting hit with adversity. And you have to be ready. You have to be focused. And you have to have a level level mind and temper to persevere. I agree. You know, that's life. You know, life's a roller coaster, man, full of ups and downs. But the ones that do persevere, the ones that are strong-willed, or the ones are, that are successful. Now, Coach, where can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, um, my Twitter is uh, jmitch underscore 24, and my Instagram is underscore jmitch24, and Facebook, Jonathan Mitchell. Guys, give Coach a follow. Reach out to him. He's one of the good guys in the business, and I can't thank you enough, you know, We've known each other from a distance just through Lou, and now we've really gotten a chance to get to know each other even more. And I'm a fan. I'm so excited for your career and for the things you guys are doing down at Stetson, and it's it's going to be fun to follow you guys next year. Man, I, I appreciate the opportunity, the platform, just for me to share. And um, I look forward to great things from you and you guys there at Hofstra. All the best to you guys, and uh, obviously stay safe and stay connected. Thanks, Coach. And that's a wrap for this episode of Coaches and Coffee. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Cobian. So thankful for you guys and all the support. It's been great. Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Coach Cobian, C-O-B-I-A-N. On Instagram, throw me a follow. My handle is 1Andrew3. Reach out to me. Leave some comments on the podcast in the comments section. Uh, Throw us some five-star ratings. It would be greatly appreciated and uh, looking forward to hearing from you guys.